the volume. Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. This is why I love betting on the FanDuel Sportsbook. There's great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. There's amazing new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings if you want to cash out in as fast as two hours and how fun is it to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in presented by FanDuel on that homepage if you are new just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now sign up with promo code Monaco so they know I sent you disclaimer 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. All right, welcome in to another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. I'm your host, Alex Monaco, and we're bringing him back because he's sharp as a tack. I am not trying to rhyme over here. My guy, Michael Calabrese via the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast. Had to get your final four and championship predictions, Michael. How you doing? Happy almost final four eve. I'm doing great. I mean, we have a great blue blood, you know, set of semifinals here. I don't think you can ask for much more generally. I think, um, you know, my wish list is an upset laden first weekends and then really having the cream rise to the top. I want to see the best teams play, you know, in the final four. And I think that's what we have here. I don't care that there's an eight next to North Carolina's name. They're clearly one of the best teams in the country as of today. So a very exciting final four. Can't wait to get into it with you. Yeah, any just real quick kind of things you learned for our audience from a betting perspective throughout the tournament, anything that shocked you or just overall takeaways? Well, one thing I I do want to bring up, not necessarily about this tournament, but something that casual gamblers can kind of like fall in love with. It's It's a bit of a fool's gold. And it's this argument that shooting inside of a dome, you know, they're playing this in the Caesar Superdome in New Orleans is going to be some kind of problem. It's not. Basically, that's been debunked. All the stats, you know, from regional finals to the final four, there's maybe a one to one and a half percent swing, really in both directions. And even when you crunch the numbers, this is going to be the fourth final four in the Superdome. The previous three semifinal um, days, so six games in total, those six games, when you crunch the numbers, 40 percent from three. So I don't think there's any reason to back off of it. I'm not saying that, you know, the Superdome has some kind of lucky charm for three-point shooters, but certainly I want anyone who tries to, you know, pretend to be a sharp and think that they have a special angle that people haven't really considered. This isn't one of those things. 
All right. Well, on that wonderful observation, which is good to know for context, let's get into it. Let's start with the rematch, the round three, if you will. It is drawn up almost like a Hollywood script, Michael. The first time ever Duke and North Carolina are dancing in March in the tournament. And it's in the final four on Coach K's last ride right now on our home book, FanDuel, North Carolina's plus four and plus 162 on the money line. Duke, of course, minus four, minus 196 over under currently 151. I'm going right into you. I'm sleeves rolled up just all years on your takeaway here, all things betting in this one. So during the Elite Eight, you know, once the matchups were set, I like to do an exercise. I do this for the Super Bowl, national title for football, any major event like the Final Four. I like to go ahead and throw down my prediction live just to kind of see where my gut's at before the, the opening number comes out. And I put down 158 for this total. And when you look at how they played during the regular season, the numbers were in that 150 to 153 range in terms of it being listed, but both went over. And in this particular spot, Duke has proven that for all of their weaknesses on defense, they're awful in transition defense. A lot of the metrics don't love them. They've been super elite on offense. They are not trying to cover up any of their deficiencies by playing slower or trying to vary their defense. They're like, we're going to get into a track meet with you and we're going to beat you. And then North Carolina on the other side, has been so effective during this run that I don't think there's any reason to play this any other way than over. And with seven points of value based on my power rankings, I'm clearly this is going to be my biggest bet here of the North Carolina Duke game. So right off the bat, even though there's you know some indicators that may scare people off of playing it over, namely neither team really turns the other uh, turns their opponents over, and that usually equates to some easy transition buckets and also. Duke is probably going to be in for maybe three or four offensive rebounds in the entire game. North Carolina, this number two rated defensive rebounding team in the country, almost all predicated on Armando Baycott. Um, So there's not going to be a lot of second chance opportunities. All that being said, I think these defenses are both pretty lousy in transition. And I think they're going to allow for some open threes. There's going to be some major runs in this game. And I also think whoever's trailing late in this game, they're going to die hard. It's not going to be, oh, we're down seven with 30 seconds to go. It's time to fold up shot. There's going to be fouling to the very final whistle. No one's going to want to you know, step off the court as the loser in this one. So I think there's you know, at least two possessions worth of value baked into this. So that's my first play here for the final four. And so, Michael, just throwing a couple trends at you, uh, 11 of the 12 games between the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16, the teams covered uh, five dogs outright. And then you look at the two double-digit wins in the first two rounds of these Duke winning round one, North Carolina winning round two pretty handily. Do you take any of those factors into consideration when looking at this number, plus four or minus four, depending where you're leaning? So I think what's difficult for you know casual fans to wrap their head around is that Duke was an 11-point favorite just about a month ago in Coach K's final home game. But to be honest, I think that had kind of steamed up because of the public interest. Of course, Duke's not going to lose on their home floor in Krzyzewski's last game. So really, that probably should have coalesced around seven or eight. So I don't actually think it's that far off from what the true number should be in this game. However, if if I were to play it, I'm going to play North Carolina on the money line. You're giving me one of the hottest teams in the country that 
for my money, the pressure is not on them in this spot. They're not supposed to be here. And it's clear that they not only are playing hard, but they're playing loose for their first year head coach, where a lot of the pressure seems to have slid over to Duke, at least in the ACC championship game and, you know, in the ACC finale against North Carolina. So in terms of value, here's here's how I'm thinking of it. And I'll get into my my Kansas play for the other semifinal, but this is a, a bundle deal. I love double results, particularly in games where I have faith in both teams to make significant runs. If you take Duke to win the first half and North Carolina to win the game and parlay that with Kansas, pays 13 to 1. So that's my big flyer for Saturday. I think that's an opportunity to see North Carolina team hold their own. Maybe they're down three or four at halftime and then really hit the afterburners in the second half the way that they have during this run. I think that's way more value than I Basically, my threshold there was 10 to 1. Once I punched it in to uh, the FanDuel app and I saw 13 to 1 pop up, I, I was thrilled. I love that. I'm a little concerned just playing devil's advocate. You know, you look at Caleb Love going for 30, hitting more threes than the entire UCLA <clears throat> team in the Elite Eight. And then you look at RJ Davis, he went off, I think it was for 27 against Baylor. Do you feel like that's a little bit of lightning in a bottle for this North Carolina team? Because Duke, you know, they're not the best defensive team, of course, but. Do you see anyone from a North Carolina standpoint really going off for 25 plus in this game? And if if you don't, are you concerned at all from a betting standpoint that Duke's got, you know, five, six guys that can get into double figures? I think they've had three games in a row with five guys in double figures that they have more of a, a team nuclear approach. It's not more on one guy to go off. I'm encouraged by two facts in this game. And the first is that the narrative has been Armando Baycott needs to play incredibly well and dominate the glass for North Carolina to beat quality teams. They played Duke twice. He had 12 total rebounds. And yet in that second game, they won going away. And the second piece that's a little bit more strategic in terms of what Davis did with his defensive matchups in game one against Duke, what happened was they had leaky black covering Paulo Bancaro and he ends up going for 13 points in that game, but AJ Griffin explodes for 27 Duke wins. In the second game, they flip that around. Ben Carroll has a better game, but he Leaky Black covering A.J. Griffin, he holds him to five points. And really, that's the thing. This Duke team, they need the role players around Ben Carroll to play very well. And just seeing that sample size, seeing how impactful, and it wasn't lightning in a bottle. Leaky Black is one of the best defenders in the ACC. So I think he can take away their second scoring option, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on the rest of the Duke players and also Ben Caro to maybe shoot, shoot between 15 and 20 shots. I think that's playing right into the Tar Heels' hands. So I actually like some of the game inside the game uh, advantages for UNC. How much from a betting perspective, last note on this game, should we factor in the Coach K last ride, the kind of just emotional element of this, I'm kind of buying in, you know, it reminds me of the Peyton Manning last game, Super Bowl. You know, we know he's going out. It's teed up for him to take down his rival. It's a revenge game. There's a lot of Hollywood script narratives in this element. Do you try to take all emotions out for people listening? Because I'm, you know, at times I'm an emotional gambler and it bites me. This time I'm I'm on Duke, so I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I want to get your perspective on the other side. I think the only thing we know for sure is that everyone is going to leave it all on the floor. You know, they're going to, they're going to empty their tanks in this game emotionally. And sometimes that can lead to teams playing a little bit tight, forcing things. Other times they play inspired. But what I know for a fact is that no one's going to sleepwalk through the first 10 minutes of this game. 
because of that, I'm more interested in fading the winner in the national championship game because there's just human nature of this feeling like the national title game because of the stakes and the narrative and the drama to have to get yourself back up to that same level, you know, 36 hours after the fact. I think that's very difficult for 18 to 22 year olds and also difficult for a guy like Mike you know, potentially winning this game, having all the emotions and pomp and circumstance attached to it to then have to turn around and prepare for Kansas or Villanova, two teams that are veteran teams, very well coached, they want to win. So I think really the value here is to, to fade the winner and to bank on the fact that they've, you know, kind of shot their emotional load, so to speak. Continue betting the bracket with a bang. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers one hundred and $50 instant bonuses guaranteed. That's right. You'll get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. How you bet the bracket is up to you. You can choose from the money line, totals, prop bets, and so much more. For me, Look, I'm buying in to the Hollywood ending, baby. I'm taking the Dukies all the way to the promised land. I'm loving them over North Carolina in the revenge game. Look, they blew them out by double digits earlier in the season. This team can get it going. They got five, six scores that can go double digits. Bancaro, Roach, Keels, Williams, Griffin. It's ridiculous. Plus, With cash out, the ball's in your court, so you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. Join FanDuel today with promo code MONACO. Then you can place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit guaranteed. That's promo code MONACO on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All state disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 Arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com forward slash RG Colorado Indiana New Jersey Virginia 1-877-770-STOP Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE NEW YORK 467-369 New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia all right let's get into the second leg here Kansas and Villanova two excellent coaches in Bill Self and Jay Wright I'm feeling very excited I cashed my Nova to the final four plus 500 probably my best pick of the tournament I'm a little nervous, though. As we know, we got an Achilles, Morris out, second leading scorer. I know the lines moved a little. Yeah, from your kind of capping and model perspective, did you have this number? I talked about it uh, on a week prior, on a show prior this week, of of where this line movement moved with Moore being out. Talk a little bit about how much that injury is factoring into your, your side here. Not only was he the leader in minutes for Jay Wright, he was the the second leading scorer, but most importantly, he was one of the most impactful wings in a rebounding department in the entire country. And that really, if you want to laser in on the Wildcats, one of their only 
defined weaknesses is defensive rebounding. They're 165th nationally. So that puts them in a very difficult spot. I think Jay Wright's going to be able to replace his offensive production piecemeal, drawing up some plays, maybe getting Colin Gillespie involved off the ball and having him kind of fill in. Justin Moore was a great catch and shoot three point shooter. I think you'll see Gillespie kind of fill into that role a little bit in this game, but the rebounding really concerns me against a Kansas team. That's top 30 in offensive rebounding rate. I think they're going to be able to throw bodies at this Villanova front court that prefers to play smaller. So they were already, you know, basically tying their lot to four guards on the floor, crashing, you know, the hoop and as a group doing the rebounding, but to lose a kid like this, I I think it spells trouble for a Villanova team that has been playing great basketball. It's really a shame because the last five weeks, they've been clearly one of the best teams in the country. And one of the, the two final four picks that I got, right. I was also hitching my wagon to the Wildcats. I just think this is too difficult for them to overcome, but it does open up some opportunities on the player prop market to see where that offensive production gets picked up. Brandon Slater, for example, I think you're going to see him play in the mid thirties minutes wise here. And he's a a guy who in 11 of his last 12 games of the regular season leading into the Big East tournament, he averaged 11 points per game gets in the NCAA tournament. They played so well and played in some lower scoring games. He's only scored five points across four games, which is pretty strange. He just basically has been deferring, not taking shots. They need him to shoot six to 10 shots in this game. So if you can get it at 10, 10 and a half, I like the over on Brandon Slater. And just kind of talking out the the offense versus, versus the offense in this. I mean, geez, 47 second half points for Kansas in that Miami game, 50 points on the game for Villanova against Houston. Of course, a very good defense, one of the best in the country in the Cougars. But that makes me a little concerned, Michael. I mean, you're looking at the offense and, you know, the pressure's been off of Abaji a little. I mean, Remy Martin's got 20-plus in two of his last three. They can really get it going. And, you know, with with Braun, with Wilson, they're pretty well-rounded. I, I feel like this is going to be more – offensive of firepower versus a J Wright defensive scheme. And, you know, Gillespie with just six points in the last game. I don't know that he can go off enough for them to keep up here. I kind of want to be, try to be sharp and take the four and a half thinking it's close, but part of me is just like Kansas may run away with us. So are you, I know you're on the Kansas prop with the Duke in North Carolina, 13 to one, but are you feeling comfortable that the Jayhawks can cover four and a half? I have a little bit of a concern just because KU's MO in the last, we'll call it two months really has been not having a killer instinct, you know, not putting teams away. And I don't want to have that recency bias where they absolutely put Miami away in the last game. They got so many looks at the rim that it made it easy for them to be super efficient. Um, So I'm going to just stick with the money line here. I don't think it's reflective of how much of an upset it would be for Villanova to win without more in the lineup. And I don't want to get snake bit by, you know, a backdoor three or some weird foul shooting down the stretch. Um, I, I am glad that you brought up Remy Martin, though. This was the promise of him in the transfer portal last spring after the season ended. When Kansas got them, everybody was like, okay, now Kansas is absolutely loaded. They have front court depth. They have back court depth. They have a guy who can be a microwave off the bench and heat up and score 15 or 20 points. He's finally there. I don't know if it was fitting into Bill Self's system, if it was not playing, you know, hero ball isolation one-on-one and playing more team basketball, whatever it is, it's clicking now and it couldn't be clicking at a better time because it's allowing Abaji not to have to carry that offensive load and be a little bit more selective with his shots. And, and I think, as you mentioned, that just makes them more well-rounded. And then finally, as I mentioned before, the offensive re- rebounding element, 
they don't need to shoot over 50% to beat Villanova. They're going to have those second chance opportunities. McCormick in particular, I think is going to eat on the offensive glass in this game. And because of that, I think it also puts Villanova in a spot where their depth is now in question. They can knock into foul trouble in this game, particularly in their front court. If they do, I think it's going to be kind of a runaway for Kansas. One last thought on that Nova Kansas game. I know you're you're in the totals 133. You feel like that's the proper number. Are you are you going? You would think leaning under. It's it's a low number though compared to the 151 and the other one. I mean, how do you feel about the 133? I'll go ahead and say this: If you're interested in Nova winning the game outright, go money line and under this number. Maybe even under an alternate number. If they're going to beat Kansas, they're going to beat them in a rock fight, 60 to 55, something like that. If they get into a track meet, they just don't have the horses uh, to stay with Kansas. And conversely, if you want to go in the other direction and you really believe that Kansas can open this game up. Lay the four and a half and go over an alternate. Go to you know 140. Get yourself in that four to one range for the payout because I do think it's binary. I think if Kansas is able to speed this up, then it's going to get away from Villanova and they're going to have no choice but to play a little bit faster. And then the opposite, you know, they can slow things down. And Jay Wright is, is a great coach in terms of the X's and O's in the half court and really draining the clock and limiting the possessions. So this isn't me, you know staking my my whole career on this game but i will say if you want to go with one of the two i think it's a package deal so why not get the value of the uh extended payout all right last but not least uh staring at the numbers here it sounds like you're going kansas versus north carolina kansas plus 185 on FanDuel to win it all north carolina pays five to one plus 500 there's also the name the finalist element north carolina and kansas is plus 290 at the moment on FanDuel. Have you already figured out who you're going to win it all? Or are you going to wait to see if it is, in fact, Kansas, North Carolina, and and see also where the line is? Kansas continues to be the beneficiary of a really downy, soft path to the Final Four. I mean, you go all the way back to them catching Providence in the Sweet 16, and then a Miami team that got hot, avoiding some teams that potentially could have given them trouble at the bottom of that bracket. And then they go to the Final Four, which should be a great matchup, but they're up against a wounded Villanova team. And then getting a North Carolina team in this hypothetical off of a huge, arguably the biggest emotional win, maybe in the history of North Carolina basketball, which is saying a ton, I think that just all leads to Kansas cutting the nets down. So that's how I'm playing it. Um, as you mentioned, you know, picking out the exact matchups, I do think there's value in that. I'll, I'll sprinkle a little bit on that plus 290 North Carolina against Kansas. Um, but that's where I think this is headed. I, to be, to be honest, this doesn't bother me, even the, you know, light path that they've had to go through because Kansas, for the most part, they've proven themselves. They're the best team in big 12, one of the best, if not the best conference in college basketball this year. So they earned it with the, you know, the conference championship. If they go ahead and beat a North Carolina team, that's been white hot throughout this tournament. I don't think anyone's going to have any questions as to who the number one team in the country is. There it is. Michael laying it down. He got, he's got Kansas over Nova. He's got a, phenomenal little crafted 13 to one payout with Duke winning the first half. That's a, that's a sharp play too. Cause Duke's covered or excuse me, North Carolina's lost 14 of their last 16 first halves to AP ranked opponents. So that could fall right into your lap there for those listening. If you found that juicy, it's got Kansas over North Carolina to hoist the trophy. Michael, thank you for coming on multiple times this March madness. It's been a pleasure. Got better listening to you. I know our viewers did and best of luck to you this final four weekend. 
I appreciate it. I'm sitting on a juicy Kansas 25 to one futures ticket. I won't talk about all the, the futures tickets that went up in flames, you know, just in the last <laughs> week, but having Kansas at that number, getting them at the, the top of the market makes me feel pretty good, but I'll be on pins and needles uh, Saturday and into Monday. Let's go 25 to one. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well under East breeze. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you.